This episode of Talking Simpsons is brought to you by Quip, simple, elegant electronic toothbrushes. And you listeners can go to tryquip.com slash laser time and save 10 bucks. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody and welcome to Talking Simpsons, otherwise known as Handsome Bob Mackey Plus Two. I am your host, Handsome Bob Mackey, and this is the Laser Time Podcast Network's chronological exploration of the Simpsons. Who else is here with me today as usual? Henry and wait, this has religion learning. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Uh, and Chris Antista of Arimathean. Hmm. <laughs> How many conversions, Chris? <laughs> and today's episode is Homer's Barbershop Quartet. Number eight. Uh, 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 number eight. I could let that play forever. This show is actually like number eighty-eight or something. <laughs> uh, this episode aired on September thirtieth, nineteen ninety-three. The season five premiere. We're still in season four production, though. I yeah. I think we made a bigger distinction in previous seasons about this is the season five premiere. We're in season five, but. The changeover from production four to production five is so it's big huge, yeah. yes. that I feel like we should really only be celebrating when production five begins. Exactly. Mm. But Chris, what happened on 9-30-93 in history? Oh, oh! <gasps> oh my God! My word, Bobby. Uh, the program, best, better movies at the box office, such as things people actually remember, like True Romance and Days and Confused and America wow. Loves Mariah Carey's Dream Lover, ah. as well as... Reading the Bridges of Madison County. That's Holy right. Holy crap, man. That that let a whole generation of moms dream about leaving their husbands. Exactly. For Clint Eastwood? Mm-hmm. But then choosing not to. Yes. Which is just lame. Of just really... Like, I feel like you write that book ten years later, she'd just have the balls be like, "Yeah, fuck this." I'm yeah, like my, I'll I'm have my a husband. brief affair. <laughs> and we started having a lot of uh, jokes about the Bridges of Madison County in in sitcoms. The Simpsons would do it. I think Homer throws it in the fire uh, at the yeah. beginning of the bad next bad clip Oof, show. Boy, there's there's an entire again. I have to mention this. There's an entire episode of Duckman that is a beat for beat parody what? of the Bridges of Madison County what? about how he met his wife. Holy I'm shit. I'm serious. This really happened in history. Did you get to see her nude like I did Meryl Streep? Uh, maybe. I'd it was a all I remember about animated it. show. Yes. Opens her robe to the wind and like, Meryl Streep is good at everything. <laughs> I just I just remember the, uh, there was a joke on Dr. Katz about it where they said, who's he, her, her husband is like, who's he waiting for? He's waiting for her. Uh, Welcome to season five, people. And I hope you like the Beatles, because boy, this is some Beatles. I I gotta say, I just watched uh, half of Eight Days a Week, uh, Mm -hmm. the Hulu Ron Howard Beatles documentary, and it really does prep you for like so many scenes and backgrounds and settings. That I haven't seen. It's great. Like even if you think I've seen a couple of Beatles documentaries, but Mm -hmm. it still has stuff I. Yeah, I've, I've never seen, seen a few. Heard before. I do think this got me mm. into the Beatles. Mm. This episode because it's just mystifying if you don't know anything yeah. about the Beatles. If you're a ten year old watching it, <laughs> mm. I really and, don't. I, actually, everything I learned about the Beatles, I learned from the Beatles rock band uh, <laughs> about eight years ago. And I'll <laughs> tell the best intros in video games. It's really good. And I'll tell you why. Mm. Um, I feel like our parents' generation, they mm. were fans of things, and then they were they kind of cooled off yeah. on it. So my mom was a big Beatles head, a Beatlemania head, if you will. Mm. And uh, but when I was a kid, she wasn't like, "Here's the White Album. Here are the liner notes. Mm. Here's the books you need to read." I feel like parents our age are like, "Okay, when you're four, you're watching episode mm. five. 
five, and then you're ready for episode four when you're seven, and then I'm not gonna sh- I'm not gonna tell you about the prequels. You'll learn about those on your. It's like they they plan out people's fandoms way in advance, but our parents yeah. were not like that. Yeah, yeah, because my dad is a fan, mm-hmm. but I think we thought he was a fan because he just rebought the reissued. CDs. Yeah, I don't ever recall him listening to them, but I listened to his CDs, and that's how I listened mm. to the Beatles. So I watched this episode, and I think I had to turn to my mom for answers on all of them, yeah. on all the references, which I will try to detail I, as best I can. I tried as here. hard as I could to look at this as like this isn't just a Beatles parody, is it? But, but it, it really, but is. it really is. So, but I turned to my mom for those things, and I think it also reawakened in her. Like she mm-hmm. didn't own those albums, she didn't listen to them uh, uh, regularly. But she mm-hmm. said, "Yeah, I remember listening to the White Album, mm-hmm. and then we got it." And she was like, "Rocky Raccoon, that was one of my favorite songs." <laughs> and just rediscovering the Beatles through mm-hmm. that, and you know, and also Yellow Submarine. I think I probably mm-hmm. watched this and then Yellow Submarine, and then started listening to the, the albums. <laughs> and I think it helped that in. I, what was it? Ninety six when they put out "Free as a Bird," the, yes. the reunion fake yeah. reunion. I remember. Thing. I remember buying that for my dad, and I think mm-hmm. I listened to it more than he. I just assume my dad liked the Beatles. He was alive. Was that the same year the big anthology came out? The Beatles anthology. The multiple that was a huge deal. Yeah. There were three volumes. Yeah, and then a little after that was number ones, mm-hmm. which yeah. was a huge hit too. But so this is full of references to it. Mm-hmm. I liked on the commentary they bring up that they at first. I think Azaria is on the commentary, and mm-hmm. he remembered this as being a Dave Merkin show because Merkin, the season five and six showrunner, mm-hmm. is also a huge Beatles fan who would also put a ton of references into it. And like, no, this was the season four team were also ton huge, huge Beatles fans. Oakley and Weinstein would be the first showrunners that were not super into the Beatles. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think David S. Cohen wrote Lisa the Vegetarian, and it is a tailor-made uh, David Merkin episode because it's about vegetarianism and the uh, Beatles, which are yeah. Two of his pet projects or but pet this interests. Is, this is the third of the Jeff Martin flashback trilogy, mm. and they all fit in together. So he did this one, and we at least his first word, and then uh, I married March. I married March. He did yeah. all three of those. Yeah. This one has sequel jokes all over the place mm. at it. D- does not start with a flashback. It starts at a swap meet. But this, I, I love this. Yeah, because I, I don't know. We all kind of grew up near the I sticks. I love swap like, meets. I went to a ton- I miss them. swap meets that look like flea markets. There were sometimes like shitty circuses. There'd be animals there, and now and the whole I'm, whole lot of racist paraphernalia. Totally. Yeah. Yes. Um, if you, you knew there was a guy you could just wink to, like he'd sell me a swastika. Yeah. Like, I bet he's got a gold swastika. Automatic swastika. Yes. I'm in the market for a KKK belt buckle. <laughs> I mean, who can help that's me out? basically who Herman is at the convention. Uh, yeah. We'll get to that. Yeah, yeah, he much. really is. <laughs> Human roaches feeding off each other's garbage. The only thing you can't buy here is dignity. <laughs> Welcome, swappers, to the Springfield Swap Meet. Ich bin ein Springfield Swap Meat Patron. I need a drink and a shower. A, the filthy places. I'm a guy who loves buying back his childhood, mm-hmm. and we live in a yes. big, bigger city now. And it's like you, you never experience fines. Fines, like yeah. I. Here's the thing I've been looking for. It never happens here, or people are aware of the value of it. So like the nickel the nickel boxes in the uh, old mm. comics that i used to dig through yeah i feel like you couldn't uh, i could go there's uh, there's a flea market in oakland mm-hmm. every every month i think it is but i did i did i, I picked up the jungle book by rudyard kipling mm. and it was like not the original pressing but there's it's just the first page is just a giant swastika <laughs> but like not tilted uh, Nazi style. It's, it's the like, original Manji symbol, yes. the Buddhist symbol, right? Yeah, it was like that old a book. That's my. But I was also used to going there to buy like NES toys cart and, and old yeah. toys mm-hmm. and comic books and just and then also just 
buying like well i i was not a fan of boiled peanuts but mm. just buying maybe this was just a southern thing mm. but at southern flea markets you go there and buy a giant like sleeve of boiled peanuts and just eat them all <laughs> the way through there i'm now dying to go to one because it's where people also hawk like unique wares and i really didn't dig into the reference I here but this. i love mo mo doing lucille ball oyster shells hand painted to resemble Lucille Ball. You'll love Oyster Lucy. <laughs> oh, Mr. Mooney, I just gotta meet Bob Cummings. <laughs> Biff. That's a great. I mean, they they, they, they really good at an imitation. There, Mo is. <laughs> they tend to reference Lucy's '60s and '70s stuff more than I love Lucy. That's the Lucy show. Yes, with yeah, uh, was... Mr. Mooney is like her uh, harried bank. Own bank owner boss, sort of yeah. like a Mr. Drysdale character. Yeah, she needed that type of foil because she she divorced her husband in yeah. between the series. So she and I didn't want to do a ton of research, but I looked up uh, Bob Cummings is not only on the Bob Cummings show, but a show called Bob. Love that Bob. I love that Bob. <laughs> love that Bob. And he would he would totally be a Lucy Show guest. Yeah, I watched a lot of Lucy Show when it was on Nick at oh, Night. I totally. feel like Oyster. I've never seen an Oyster Lucy or but, Oysters made, but I didn't grow up in like New England. But you where have been to like the fucking L.A. airport where they stick googly eyes in a spring yes. on a turtle and write out Los Angeles on the side. Oh yeah, no, I've seen all those things. That's the great stuff. It's something I loved in both the comic and the game. Mm-hmm. Sam and Max hit the road. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, just that salute to crappy Americanism, <laughs> uh, American tchotchkes you'll find on the road yeah. in real america i do love that i do love that the you don't have a clip of it but skinner with his helmet first I, it re, it's great it really first off is. it's 24601 which is that was jean valjean's number in les miserables that oh was my his, god previously he, sideshow bob's number and yes, i think uh, black widower they really love that uh, number but it is the only <laughs> prisoner number it's the famous prisoner number yeah. thanks more so to the musical in the, the, of the 80s than I, the i'm gonna have to look novel. for that article but I remember the Simpsons writers doing a printed interview where they talk about what they referred to as VCR jokes. Yeah. Yeah, VCR jokes. that people jokes. wouldn't get on their VCRs. And they, they, I thought they labeled season five or they just called out a lot of specific examples that they made specifically for season five that you couldn't see mm-hmm. unless you rewound, paused, all yeah. that stuff. And, well, speaking of like mm-hmm. pausing and looking mm-hmm. closer, this was the time I... It never dawned on me as a kid. It just was like background stuff, and mm-hmm. even rewatching it until now, Herman's like the joke is Herman is selling just a ton of guns yeah, yeah. at this, yeah. at the swap meet, which you will see at swap meets. And of course, he has the Confederate flag behind. But there is no too. loophole. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, uh, and and then Homer, meanwhile, has the dream of everyone at a swap meet or or, or we, flea market. Totally, and I had to look all this up. Junk. Junk. The airplane's upside down. Strata <laughs> Hoovius. <laughs> so I, I just like to even hear it break when he throws it, just so you know, like he broke that. And you one. couldn't hear the first two. I just happened to watch the Norman Lear documentary, just another uh, version of you. Beautiful mm-hmm. documentary about the guy who created all in the family, the Jeffersons, all that. But uh, he is actually one of the people who bought the Constitution. Yep. Oh, he yeah. owns the Constitution. One of several copies they made, right? He, they made Apparently they made 36 copies and distributed it to people uh, in whatever territories yeah. we had, and some were kept and some weren't. So there's more than one Constitution floating around, but he bought one for $8 million. Wow. Back then, wow. Xerox machines were monks, <laughs> basically. <laughs> so first there was a Constitution. Yes. Then he's got Action Comics, Action Comics number, number one. one. First which, appearance of who, Henry? Uh, Lois Lane. It was the first appearance of Lois Lane. <laughs> that but, red car. <laughs> also, but also Superman. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but who's yeah. the first superhero? And that is another one that's just like you could say it's worth a million dollars or two yeah. million dollars, 
but honestly, it's priceless. It yeah. goes as soon as one goes on the market, then the price goes up because yeah. it's just whatever somebody pays for. There was a story just a few years ago mm-hmm. of somebody discovering, like in an attic, in just a secreted away in an attic, mm-hmm. that they're. Nicholas Cage's grandfather, comic collection. Their grandfather had <laughs> saved it in a way nobody saved anything yeah, back then wow. in plastic. It was a near mint copy, yeah. and people were just like, "A near mint action comics exists." Yeah, and it's like, it's why like pe- people like me, and I just want to talk to people like me who save things because mm. we're idiots. <laughs> comics <laughs> were worth money because it was people like me trying to recapture their childhood, but comics were printed on a paper that was supposed to disintegrate. Newsprint. Mm-hmm. It's yes. meant to so be if, destroyed. If, if you see one intact, that's why it's worth money. Yes. My boxed amoeba aren't worth dog shit won't be worth dog shit <laughs> does Nick Cage have a copy of this he, he was stolen from his castle he, he, okay. he, he had too many he had too much stuff and just noticed it was gone one day and no end so I found that the, the the one that was sold for the highest action comics number one is 3.2 million dollars wow. putting Homer over 10 million dollars here in just the five cent bin. okay but I also looked on eBay and I didn't spend too much time on it but it, they claimed that's what it was right now $79,000. And eBay did mm. ruin the comics market. It did. It, yeah. it, you couldn't just read in the Overstreet Buyer's yeah. Guide how much uh-huh. it was worth. It's like, no, you know how much it's worth because it sold for it on eBay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Wizard Magazine was built on lies. I remember having a yes. comics collection and looking at Wizard like, wow, I'm a millionaire. Well, it was worth a lot to them to spread that lie. Exactly. Okay, so the, then the airplane's upside down. The Inverted Jenny. Uh, uh, the Inverted Jenny was a, a misprint. I think there were about 100 of them. But I just I remember hearing it in like watching Dennis the Menace. People used to collect stamps, so this yep. is a very rare stamp. Uh, one of them was sold for one million dollars. Wow! Homer found a sheet, uh, wow. a mint condition sheet. So um, you remember that was it was a plot point in Brewster's Millions. Those mm-hmm. stamps. He, if you don't haven't seen the film Brewster's Millions, it's don't watch tell, it. <laughs> look, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, but it's you got to have a substitute Richard Pryor movie then. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, so, look, not blue collar, blue collar, not the toy. He's been in a lot. He's <laughs> been in a lot is. worse movies than Brewster's Millions. But <laughs> so this, he's told he has to spend twenty million dollars to get like two hundred million dollars. Mm. But he has all these rules of like you can't invest in anything. You gotta be mm. left with nothing. And one of his loopholes he finds is he buys one of those stamps yeah. and then just uses it on a letter, thus oh, rendering yeah. rendering it worthless. And so he has spent a million dollars. Wow. So oh, I. I I, wow, that's like that's a huge plot point, actually. Yes. I forgot about that. Do we have uh, Stradivarius? I didn't look that Stradivarius, up. Stradivarius. Um, so Homer's up to like thirty-five million. Yeah, there was a, a Stradivarius signed viola that sold for three point <sighs> six million in twenty ten, wow. and it, yeah. it set a record for like I think an instrument sold on auction. So Homer's discarding, I think twenty million dollars. <laughs> I think uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s last Marvel movie salary. <laughs> he just tossed it, and that's all just sitting in Mrs. Glick's uh, where yes. warehouse. And I do, I, oh, just I'd never noticed until this viewing that the Marge's Ringo picture is on sale. Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. So bad for her. like she's she. They seemingly routinely go there for Marge to sell her art, and yeah. it's just not Isn't, getting sold. Uh, it's sad. Reclining Homer naked on the couch. Yeah, she's selling that too. That and uh, and just stamp the t- ticket guy makes fun of her. I love that line. I definitely my son or daughter is that stupid yeah and the uh, last flea market story before we get into all the Beatles stuff Bart Nelson and Millhouse accidentally stumble into something religious there free trading cards How, now did you ever get religiously propositioned at a flea market because I have yes everywhere I'm yeah. from the fucking south yeah I went to a church bible camp because it had all the Nintendo it, well it's the job of 
Baptist specifically, but like mm-hmm. I'm not labeling all these Christians, but <laughs> for some sex, sects of Christians, it's not just about them worshiping. It mm. is about getting people to join your thing, mm. well, kind of like a cult, but it's not because pyramid it's Jesus. scheme. Pyramid scheme. Yeah, yeah, let's say pyramid. they've been around too long to be a cult. <laughs> and so, so then they'll, so then they'll approach you with just like, hey, you want to join my church? Or they'll say they'll come to you in a fucking parking lot at the movie theater and say. Well, do you think you'd go to heaven if you died right now? Like, fuck off. <laughs> like, you think you'd go to heaven if yeah. you die right now? I guess you do. Like, A go. better heaven than you. And I Get just, that uh, Jack Chick comic off of my windshield. <laughs> but, so the one for me was at a flea market. I, this guy was just like, here, look at this. This the he'd had this optical illusion of how a white piece of paper looked bigger than a red piece of paper. If they were in one position, they move them around and it looked different. We're like, what? me and my brother were just like, wow, this is an interesting optical illusion. Chewbacca uh, defense. And then he said, and that's just like how it looks like the devil's bigger than God, but really the God's bigger than the devil. And 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 then he just like steamrolls us and it's like, so will you pray with me right now? And we're Who like, thought the devil was bigger than God. <laughs> Nobody does. Physically but it, taller. It can look that way from a <laughs> certain perspective. <laughs> and so then he just forced us to pray with him out of like ah, creepy and we're just like yeah cool guy i feel like Lower. he saved us we're gonna walk away now and, and jerk off tonight like, <laughs> so that was when i was with that was the memorable time i was yeah, instead of I probably shouldn't even play this one what the hell's this melvin oh. and this world part of the rodent invasion of the early 60s Yeah, uh, Hank Azaria doing his best Ross Bagdasarian. Uh, the joke we, is, it's not funny. Yeah, like it's a very cheap gimmick. It's yeah. not funny, but I say that about the Chipmunks now. Every generation has their Chipmunks. They've always done the same thing. They steal other people's music and sing it at a higher pitch, and everybody seems to love them. And yeah. no other generation likes the other generation's Chipmunks. Now we'll say, uh, great Ross Bagdasarian cameo. He's the creator of the Chipmunks, and yeah. I believe the voice of the Chipmunks. Maybe? The voice of Dave, Dave, and at least some of the Chipmunks. He was the original Chipmunks. Yeah. It was his voice sped up on, on Witch, Witch Doctor. Doctor. Yeah. He is the musician in Rear Window who is trying to write a song throughout the course of no the shit. movie and at the end he completes the song and oh. it's really great. Yeah, he plays that musician. I I hate, I, I hate your new ch- CG Chipmunks movie. The Chipmunk Adventure, I'm going to bid on the poster like as soon as we're off here. <laughs> I love that fucking movie. I, Diamond Dolls, baby. I learned that uh, Ross Bagdasarian fact from the Bart of Darkness commentary track in mm. season six, but oh. we'll get to that later. I do think the comic book guy is perfectly cast as a guy who sells used records. Dude, the like squeaky he's... rodent craze. Yeah. Which wasn't really rodent a thing. invasion. Rodent, rodent invasion. Because I kept looking for this to be something other than a Beatles parody. And it, mm-hmm. Yeah, it is not. So then comes like the magic thing, which I could see how they pitch the episode is. Mm-hmm. They're at some place and they the kids find an album with Homer on it and they're like, what the hell is this? And a story unfolds. Bart, look! It's dead! Dad, when did you record an album? I'm surprised you don't remember, son. It was only eight years ago. Dad, thanks to television, I can't remember what happened eight minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) No, really, I can't. It's a serious problem. (laughs) (laughs) What are we all laughing about? (laughs) Who cares? Who cares? Anyway, it all happened during that magical summer of 1985. A maturing Joe Piscopo left Saturday Night Live to conquer Hollywood. <laughs> People Express introduced a generation of hicks to plane travel. And I was in a barbershop quartet. Ah, 
A lot mess. there. That was the update on Joe Piscopo, as Marge said in mm-hmm. Lisa's first word. Joe Piscopo taught us how to laugh. Mm-hmm. So this is now showing where Joe Piscopo is at to a year later. Read Johnny Dangerously, the first movie Weird Al would uh, have a song in. <laughs> this, this is The is Life. The line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great song. People Express was an airline. Uh, and a very it up too. Airline that I had never heard of. Closed 1987. Merged with Continental Airlines, which merged with United in 2012. It, it, it was a low-cost airline. Yeah, we keep talking about Spirit because that's a new thing, a yeah. low-cost airline. Mm-hmm. It's, it says tickets start at 149 in 1980. I've had cheaper flights than that, <laughs> People's Express. But what's beautiful about it is the nature of uh, capitalism, I guess, that it is a low-cost airline that was successful and then purchased by another airline <laughs> and made unsuccessful. Exactly. Yeah. And charging norm- normal prices and created its own first-class cabin <laughs> uh, and <laughs> then yeah. just doesn't exist anymore. That's how it works. Uh, <laughs> so one thing I want to point out, and I just kind of thought about it while watching this, and I'm, mm. I'm fine with it, hmm. this makes no sense. And they cop to no. it in the episode. Like, yeah. So Homer has these previously existing relationships <laughs> with Skinner, with Apu, with yeah. Wiggum that have never been commented on before. Ever, ever. And, like, you think when going to Skinner to talk about Bart, they would talk about, hey, remember the B-Sharps when we were on fucking TV. So, yeah. so the only excuse <laughs> together is that they experienced the Beatles' entire 15, 20 year run in, in a, over a summer. Yes. And they say six weeks. Yeah, like six, six weeks. weeks. And again, the show points it out, but it is kind of funny how. Like, Homer and Apu were in a band together yeah, that yeah. Johnny Carson made jokes about. <laughs> yeah, and th- th- they just sell it out completely, and I mm. think that's the writers just saying, like, yeah, we don't care. Like, we don't. It's, it's th- not We're important. getting to the end. I mean, yeah, but it is selling out Homer's character again, mm-hmm. too. Like, at the start of season three, if they said, oh, Homer had, this, had mm-hmm. all this talent and was in a huge band... They'd have all the questions Bart asks, Bart and Lisa ask at the end, would have been asked by James L. Brooks and then prevented them from making it. Yeah. I do wonder, like, I've had several marginally successful podcasts and a couple (laughs) modestly successful YouTube videos. I don't think it's possible my children will find them. Hmm. No one will discover anything I've ever done. Well, that's the internet. This is uh, the music industry in the 80s, I feel like. Which um, I think that's what this is about. That's that's why we need this. I don't really care about the justification. Mm. To yeah, make a parody yeah. of the. Uh, I'm okay with it. It did it did give me the belief that barbershop was a big thing ever because it's mm. just they take it so seriously and the, the music is amazing. <laughs> as uh, also as this podcast proves. TV didn't ruin our memories. Like, we remember all this yeah. stuff. What, what is this podcast about again? <laughs> Who cares? Duckman, right. More references. Hello, my ragtime, ragtime gal. Every afternoon at Moe's, Chief Wiggum, Principal Skinner, Apu, and I would get together and sing. And the crowds went wild. Yo-ho! Barbershop? That ain't been popular since aught six, dagnabbit. Bart, what did I tell you? No talking like a grizzled 1890s prospector. Concern it. Anyway, rock and roll had become stagnant. Achy Breaky Heart was seven years away. Something had to fill the void. And that something was barbershop. That that Barney Yoohoo joke was also an I Love Lisa yeah. with Barney waving a handkerchief at Mo. Yeah. It's also weird they put I only that... remembered it because like you guys mentioned a Barney being gay reference. It's weird that they put this one in here when Barney is a major character in the episode. Yeah. Like, yeah. They could have done anybody huh. other than Barney. So it's like extra weird that Barney is hitting on them in the group he'll be in in like three minutes. Mm-hmm. 
And, uh, well, so the Beatles references begin right here. Exactly, yeah. Moe's Cavern, it says, it's not yeah, Moe's Tavern, it's Moe's Cavern. It is a reference to the Cavern Club, oh. which is where the Beatles in their first, early, in their early incarnations, played at in the Cavern Club. So that's right where it begins. And one of the coolest things about that Eight Days a Week documentary, something like I just never think about at the Beatles, is that there were some, in a shitty town... As in its shitty clubs playing for years. Mm-hmm. So the reason why they didn't implode by becoming that famous is because they'd been doing it for a long time. Yeah. From what I understood, like Liverpool is a very depressed working yeah. class town. And they have footage of it. Like it like well, it looks was, gross, yeah. like the places they're playing. That was the class difference that was meaningless to Americans yeah. who just heard a British voice. But it's that like, was you, the class difference between the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. The yeah. Rolling Stones were proper, mm-hmm. and, and the Liverpudlians talk like this. Yeah, very that was a very much more sing song. And, and like in some of the footage, Oops. you can just see like the ravages of World War Two. Like yeah. still, like are still evident when the Beatles are, are becoming popular. Sorry, go ahead. I, yeah. So when they're <clears> singing. <throat> mm-hmm. That is kind of a mix of their... You can hear their regular voices in there, but... I knew you were going to be able to solve this, because I'm like... I hear their voices, Mm -hmm. but there's one pro in here. Well, so they got pros. Mm -hmm. They got ringers from Disneyland. That's the story. As, As... as Jeff Martin tells it, mm-hmm. he he reached out to the Dapper Dans, who mm-hmm. in Anaheim were the. Uh, it's it's one of the coolest things about Disney parks yeah. is you'll just see these like street performers mm-hmm. who have just been hired just to perform on the street, yeah. who perform and, an ancient dead art, yes. yeah. immaculately. Yeah, mm-hmm. like when I was in Epcot, they had just street performers in England who are just like we're going to put on an old timey London story, yeah. and so they did that. And uh, but the Dapper Dans do classic yeah. straw boater uh, <laughs> a pinstripe suit outfit the whole the whole Megilla I, of I will uh, also say I saw somebody I think have a heart attack in Disneyland and a stretcher was run out mm-hmm. everybody carrying the stretcher and all the other medical stuff was dressed like a quartet <laughs> so they can make it look pleasant they're also surgeons Chris yeah. so they can so, assist with any medical trauma so I when I found a video of current day Dapper Dan's mm-hmm. I don't think it's the same guys, mm-hmm. and oh, no. and Jeff Martin tells a story that the Dapper Dance you can ask them to sing the baby on board at uh, mm-hmm. Disneyland, and then they will laugh and say, "No, we will not." <laughs> yeah, they can't. They sing can't. It. They they it's they can't just sing any old. They song have to license the songs they're singing, I believe. Yeah. So. But this is them at a street performance from a couple years ago. This mm-hmm. is the Disneyland medley. Let's hear a little bit of them. When you wish upon a star, makes no difference who you are. Anything your heart desires will come true. I'm wishing. Goosebumps! Uh-huh. I want to watch this forever. They Goddamn even, you, pleasant Disneyland. They mix in, they make in, mix in zippity doo dah, and then into the Star Wars theme. Yeah, which interesting. Be, like so, that tells you when they did that as well. They're so actually, I, I, I'm putting filing this away because we just talked about it on 30 2010. It was the 20th anniversary of the. Oh my god, I forgot the name of the episode, but the John Waters episode, Homer's oh, phobia. Homer's yeah. phobia. Yeah, and just I love bringing up the resonance of Simpsons episodes where John Waters, who has made some of the fucking coolest movies ever but not in 10 years uh like he <laughs> he's very old. claims he gets asked more about the simpsons mm-hmm. steve Sachs doesn't yeah. get asked about his baseball career he gets no, asked about the simpsons why would you dapper dan's they don't 
get asked about shit except fucking baby on board and the Simpsons. Well, Chris, you mentioned that you hear some of the Simpsons voices in yeah. the mix, and I feel like they either have Harry doing uh, Skinner or yeah. Hank doing Wiggum to add that extra oh. flavor, like Skinner's baritone and Wiggum's whiny voice. You mm. can hear that oh. on top of the Dapper Dans when they're That's singing. That's right, because... Uh, Qu- uh, yeah, no. Quimby was the original member. Homer, I'm a theatrical agent, and I want to represent your group. Really? Yeah. You've got it. All except that police officer. Ugh, two village people. You have to replace him. Principal Seymour Skinner. Apu, nasapima petalon. Yeah. Never fit on a marquee, love. From now on, your name is Apu de Beaumarche. Huh. It is a great dishonor to my ancestors and my god, but okay. <laughs> Okay. I don't care about your name. There's a lot of Beatles history to unlock there. Yeah. And I, I cut out the. Cl- I love Quimby being sent to the woods and yeah, uh, Wigan. No, Wigan, sorry. Oh, no. His howl. That was one of those Wigan. scenes that tells you Homer is smarter than Wigan. That's yeah. the scene you can always point to. Like this is how much smarter Homer is than Wigan, and that he can outsmart him like that. So mm-hmm. first off, Wigan being kicked out of the band is like Pete Best exactly being kicked yeah. out of the. I know Beatles. that at least. Mm-hmm. Effete uh, Nigel, their. Mm-hmm. Uh, their agent mm-hmm. is Brian Epstein, Epstein. their gay uh, their gay manager. Mm. Then Apu de Beaumarchais is how they change Richard Starkey All right. into uh, Ringo Starr. Yes. All right, so that's it for now. But this is something like no character is consistent mm-hmm. of the four. They don't assign Barney. This is what I mean. Barney joins yeah, the group yeah, late like Ringo joins the group late. Mm-hmm. But then later, Barney is John Lennon. Yeah. But then... Uh, then they, but then the changing of the name that makes Apu Ringo, mm-hmm. and then Homer sometimes is in the George Harrison position. Other times he's in the Paul McCartney. Uh, position. Isn't it great that the Beatles' name is one of the stupidest in music history? Yes, it's awful. Yes. It is awful. We never talk about it. Yeah, like I, it took me a while to realize it was a pun, yeah. and then you're like, oh shit! And every album title is a yeah. pun. Oh yeah. my god, oh, this all sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Why are these Revolver, guys geniuses? Get, get out of yeah. here, Rubber Soul. I, I hate you. <laughs> Damn it, you're right. It's all great albums. The the Beatles are terrible. The Simpsons will be right back. Howdy, Talking Simpsons listeners. I hope you're enjoying this episode. You know, we all have a baby on board in a way. In terms of our teeth. What the? That's terrible. Yes, yes, it is, Krusty. But in all seriousness, this episode is brought to you by Quip, the simple and elegant electric toothbrush. And I'm happy to give it a personal recommendation due to something that recently happened to me. A recommendation I got from a professional. I hate the dentist, and I don't have dental insurance. So for Christmas, my parents got me a cleaning, which I had not had in some time. And the dental dental hygienist personally recommended, look, if you don't have insurance and you hate the dentist, here's the best and easiest thing you can do for yourself. Get yourself an electronic toothbrush. They clean way better than normal brushing in way less of the time. Obviously, nothing beats regular trips to the dentist, but if you're like me and don't really want to do that for various reasons, you might want to consider a Quip electronic toothbrush, and you listeners can do that specifically at tryquip.com slash time to save 10 bucks on refill heads. I, I had an electronic toothbrush for a while, uh, and the refills killed me. Uh, the, the, the ones available at the local CVS and Walgreens were so expensive, I couldn't stand it. Uh, Quip has tried to make that a little bit easier, and I can personally recommend this. I've been using it for the entirety of 2017, 
and my teeth have felt every day exactly like they did after that dental cleaning over Christmas. I can feel the gaps in between my teeth. It's beautiful. But yes, Quip offers a simple and elegant electric toothbrush with replacement brush heads that can be delivered to you uh, every three months. It's up to you. The brush sets start at just $25, significantly cheaper than the uh, a lot of options you'll see in stores for like $50 to $100, and refill plans begin at just $5. Again, one of the things I like paying for is convenience. I don't, I don't have to think about it. Heads show up at my door. I don't notice to replace my toothbrush or heads as soon as my gums are bleeding. Uh, <laughs> Talking Simpsons listeners can go to tryquip.com slash laser time and save $10 on refills. You like Laser Time shows? Then you might like Bonus Time, Laser Time's weekly bonus show exclusively on patreon.com slash laser time. Here's a taste of what you've been missing. We did it like the day the show came out. Well, Dave uh, didn't volunteer his time for his country. No, no. Uh, <laughs> Brett and I went to work at the food bank with Chuck. They can their own damn vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, last yeah last week we uh, with Grim and Charlie. Yeah, went to a food bank and uh, packed frozen corn into bags for three hours. He <laughs> did, and then they're like, "Who do you think all this f- food goes to?" Of course, none. I don't fucking answer because I know he's setting me up for a wrong answer. You yeah. guys should have been able to tell in this week's laser time. Uh, but actually, 15% of our food goes to ah. the homeless. I'm like, what? All right, please fill us in on where it goes. The rest goes to people who have, to have too many homes. <laughs> <laughs> Not enough corn to put in uh, all those homes. No, it was it was sort of eye-opening. It goes to, because I forgot about Meals on Wheels, like, like oh, the, yeah. the kind of thing like get food to people who can't leave their homes. Oh, yeah, and yeah. then do you know anybody in the city who works, pays their mm-hmm. rent, pays their bills, and has zero money left for food? That's also who we deliver food to, which made wow. me, which heartened me. Classic uh, freeload. Wait, can I get exactly, on that? Right? Like, <laughs> but morning, you... I may have sneezed in your corn. Okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> if you want one bag of frozen corn. Oh, cool. Get bonus time, Laser Time's weekly full-length, uncensored, and ad-free Patreon-exclusive podcast, as well as weekly full-length movie commentaries, wrestling and cartoon video commentaries, physical rewards, the first season of Talking Simpson, and more at patreon.com slash laser time, starting at just five bucks. You'll help us live, and we'll do our best to help you never be bored again. But the songs they sing in this episode are all public domain because they're not credited. In most the, cases, yes. The 1924 yeah. uh, Barbershop Standard, Goodbye My Coney Island Baby. Yeah. That's mm. that's not... I mean, it's an, it's an original song, but not original for The Simpsons. Okay. And... Is, uh, only, baby on, is only Baby on Board? Baby on Board is original. Sweet okay. Adeline is a 1903 Barbershop yeah. Standard. Mm. So... Uh, I do believe Theme from a Summer Place is I, yeah. uh, licensed, is a real song. I have yeah. a, well, I'd I love... Oh, I love the audition. Auditioning Wiggum's replacement. Everybody gets a chance to sing a song. Uh, and I, <laughs> I I tried. Oh, here we go. Oh, McDonald had a farm. E-I-E-I-O. And on this farm he had a chick. Swinging his chick I know. With a wiggle wiggle here and a wiggle wiggle there. Get off the stage. I want to, but I can't. Seems like a placeholder joke, but there's a number of those in here. There are. But I looked, I've tried to look up, did Grandpa write that? Did the Simpsons write that? And every link will take you back to a Simpsons Reddit board, a message board, a a Simpsons quote. I think it's a very well, not vaudeville, but mm-hmm. it, it is a very lounge like jazz, singer, yeah, yeah, lounge singer, singer right. type thing yeah. of just taking a song like yeah. that and making it about swinging cats. Yeah. And so yeah. it 
Well, actually, it almost seems too young for Abe. Like, <laughs> he would have been in his 40s or 50s, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. The Jasper scene we mentioned, he's yeah. singing the theme from The Summer Place, which has no lyrics. He just makes them up. Oh, it doesn't? Uh, it doesn't My have lyrics. My mom had to explain that theme joke to me. Yeah. From a summer place, from a summer place, the theme from a summer place. <laughs> It's the theme. <laughs> Next. So that joke was cut out of the syndicated episode a version, that. which is the one I've seen the most. So whenever I see it on the DVD, I'm like, oh, my God, I forgot about this. Yeah, I, I love that joke. And, yeah, it was one my mom had to explain because she knew she actually loved the theme from Summer Place. Yeah. It, was, it was a radio hit in, in when it came out. Yeah, that's what I, I couldn't believe looking it up. It's a, mo- a song written for a 1959 movie called... Guess what? Summer, Summer place. place. You all Summer win. Place, yeah. uh, but it's written by Max Steiner, who wrote the theme to King Kong. Interesting. And then what? moved on to write the theme to Casablanca and Gone with the... Like, was wow. there wow. one guy working on all this? Or what is he just versatility? That great? Wow. But he wrote no this idea. song, and it was popularized by Percy Faith. I think you see this when people, like, fall into comas or having a, yeah. get knocked out and have a vision... It's very nice. Yeah. It's in the Freakazoid Relaxo Vision episode. That's right. Yeah. Relaxo Not the Scream episode. <laughs> yeah, that's a uh, summer place. Has no lyrics. And last but not least, I just like spelling it Willie's Dune Tune. <laughs> Dune Tune. When you're alone, that life is getting you lonely. You can always go. Ach! Dune Tune. <laughs> they really play up his accent. I feel like they had to pay for that one. Yeah, so do I. That's that's a straight up verse. And, and with the music in the background, I know there's some. Well, either it's a rule I assume is real because it was a joke on The Simpsons, mm-hmm. but of like if you sing more than these number of words, then you got to pay for it. Uh, Remember, yeah. Krusty, that uh, I'm a nice guy. I'm a hell of a guy. <laughs> All right, stop, stop, stop. We'll have to pay for it if we don't sing. I, I, well, I mean, I think I said on this show I was watching the commentary on the Blair Witch Project, and it's a bunch of people with no script and improvising. And there's a scene with one of the three people just starts singing the Gilligan's Island theme song, and the director's like. Right, that right there. That is the most expensive part of this movie. <laughs> more we than the entire budget. Yeah. yeah, it was more the entire wow. budget of the film. The equipment we had to license that song from Gilligan's Island. I'm sure they had to pay for the Wiggum Doolittle song, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. I, did I get that? Oh, of course yeah, I got it. it. If I could walk, yeah. If I could walk <laughs> with the animals, talk with the animals, grunt and squeak and squawk with the animals. Good lord, <laughs> Doctor Doolittle is Chief Wiggum. This bird's gonna fly. <laughs> <laughs> so he's also Burgess Meredith as the penguin. Yeah, and I feel like it, that's the same. And yeah. Rex Harrison. Yeah, at the same time. And I feel like "Good Lord" is a very Simpsons of this era expression. Holy Just a yeah. reaction to something. Good Lord. My Holy grandmother Lord. was highly Christian and very English, and never once said "Good Lord" as an exclamation. <laughs> never, 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 never. But of course, they finally. Dis- I love discovering Barney. Such a voice. Who is that? Me mother sang this song to me. In tones so soft and uh, Barney. Barney. Hey. So this is probably one of the oldest jokes they stole. Mm-hmm. And it's so old I could not find a good YouTube clip of it. So this version of Barney is based on the character uh, Crazy Guggenheim huh? from the Jackie Gleason show. He was oh. the comical drunk, which Barney is very much based on, yep. who also would lapse into this beautiful singing voice. And uh, um, you can see some clips of him on YouTube, but none of them are of him like being oh, drunk and then singing. That's so awesome. that's a very uh, Jackie Gleason show 
But it's something, uh, it just became a comedy tradition of this slob or this low person will, like, say, Gomer Pyle will have a beautiful song. And Barney looking for a toothpick on the floor of Moe's bar's bathroom. The most easily replaceable things in the history of humanity. (laughs) And apparently he's Irish. (laughs) Yeah, that I guess Barney Gumble is Irish. So Irish. You know how much I like Dan Castellaneta. Man, nice pipes, Dan Castellaneta. I love it every time. It's so beautiful, it can bring tears to the eyes of an Irishman, yeah. of the leprechaun-like <laughs> Irishman. And even though Wiggum packed the cavern, uh, most cavern, mm-hmm. with all these people cheering for him, and then immediately they they just turn on Wiggum forever, Barney never is a weird quote that I I tend to <laughs> yes. work in like unbelievably into things. And then they turn it into Barney forever, yeah. Wiggum never. Yeah. Like poor Wiggum. But they do come up with their name. Only one question remains, gentlemen. What do we call ourselves? How about handsome Homer Simpson plus three? I like it. Uh, I do not. No, we need a name that's witty at first, but that seems less funny each time you hear it. How about <laughs> the B Sharps? <laughs> Perfect. The B Sharps. The B Sharps. The B Sharps. The B sharps. Ha ha ha. Why you can't blame a guy for trying? Ah, <laughs> oh, you're all under arrest. <laughs> I wanted to make sure I got my point out about the Beatles' punny name. Mm. Gets less funny every time you hear it. Bob, we grew up, I would say, two decades not knowing Beatles was a pun. Yeah, I that's really how unfunny it was. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. how unfunny it was. The more you heard it, it just became normal that you didn't notice yeah. it was spelled differently yeah. than beetle. Unless you're so. writing the word beetle a lot, you probably mm-hmm. wouldn't even notice. Yeah, uh, the I know in my life I have used when somebody makes a bad suggestion, mm-hmm. I'll go like, I like it. <laughs> I, will, I definitely have said that. Man, that's good. I'm going to throw that at Dave and Brett. <laughs> it's <laughs> soon as it, I can. it's a great passive aggressive thing to do. <laughs> wow, as I, long as people know what the simpsons is this is dumb and i think we should prepare people for this being a long episode especially if i play half the clips i have mm-hmm. uh but this is special to me because i didn't even recognize it when it happened it's no the, way the first bong i've ever seen on television i did not get it until i rewatched this on dvd yeah the first people i ever saw get high was the connors on roseanne mm-hmm. and even then they have a bag with joints in it and, and they, they don't, don't they don't touch them they don't light them they don't show the process yes because kids mm-hmm. would know yes kids would know but i was like it just that's I, it, like years later after I discovered marijuana I'm like that they shared a bong in the Simpsons yes. of all the things everybody complained about I stand by my bong <laughs> <laughs> you kids get I bought this cool pencil holder <laughs> far out man I haven't seen a bong in years <laughs> no one bought a wishbone necklace well one of us made some money I sold a guy our spare tire <laughs> and that, then Marge has to walk 12 that's miles That's one of the funniest the things I've ever seen. That Marge I, is immediately the first one. I remember the whole family laughed so hard at that. It's <laughs> it's a joke, though, that works on SD television. It's so great. I, I know because we were like squinting, like, wait, uh, uh, squinting at our like giant 30-inch TV. Mm-hmm. Just like, is that Marge? And then the pullback to show it is Homer sitting there. So far on the horizon. Uh, it's, it's so beautiful they made her walk that mm-hmm. far. And uh, but who sells their spare tire? I want to know how that possibly came up. Even <laughs> though Homer's I'll mouth movements 
Homer's mm-hmm. math movements on uh, I haven't seen a bong in years mm-hmm. are so off. I do wonder what the original line was. Yeah. Yeah. See, you get in trouble for almost any response you have to That's a true. bong. <laughs> I haven't seen a bong in 1993. I guess. I mean, it's already been set up. Homer smoked weed in college oh. or in high school with Barney, and he's Just, cool with Bart having a bong. Yeah, he doesn't care. Yeah. yeah. Just to clarify with you guys, you're cool with us going long on these flashback episodes. We have to do not only references to 1993, but whatever they're flashing back to. Yes. And, and so this gloriously on one of the first episodes of 302010, I got oh, to look yeah. into this and watch the whole special. Baby on boards. There was nothing in El Capone's vault, but it wasn't Geraldo's fault. Look what I got. Now people will stop intentionally ramming our car. <laughs> hmm. Baby on board. Baby on board. Something, something. Bert Ward. <laughs> That's Robin. Right itself. <laughs> that is... So, Robin and nothing else. There's a lot to talk about Definitely here. Definitely needed that explained to me, the Geraldo But uh, the immortal uh, Weird Al movie went to, uh, UHF went into Al Capone's glove compartment. Oh, like, road maps! <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That was the same Great one where they, they made fun of how, in that same bit, it was like how Geraldo got attacked by KKK members. I think it was a mix of Geraldo and Don, Morton Downey. Oh, Morton Downey, yeah. 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 And I, I will just say... These don't God, those little triangular yellow signs do not exist anymore that you suction cup to your window to tell someone behind you something. Now you have the stick finger family yeah, oh, uh, of yes. like uh, adults and children. Yeah, I didn't even think that's what it might be for. Like careful there's kids in the car. I thought I always but, thought it was people bragging about their fertility. I I've, I've bred. <laughs> but I like Marge's point of just like don't intentionally ram our car now because there's a baby on here. I'm just like, why why would you do that? I haven't seen one of those signs in years. Except every time I walk into the corner store down there, they it's one of those corner stores that hasn't removed anything that's not sold. Oh, that's and you can just see like 86 Super Bowl champions. And like <laughs> it's, a little, it's a little suction cup triangular thing. But what's just the story like of Geraldo? Actually, I, uh, I sent you a clip, Chris. I don't know if you, you have that uh, up. Yes, we do. It was to open the vault on live international television. I'm Geraldo Rivera, and you're about to witness a live television event. A massive concrete vault has been discovered. Some think it belonged to none other than the notorious Al Capone. Well, tonight, for the first time, that vault is going to be open live. Well, what happened that night 20 years ago made pop cultural history. And really did. Yeah. Really, or did there's more to the clip? There's more, but it's just like they found a stop sign in there and nothing An else. Empty, bottle. like empty bottles of beer. I mean, it was it was fascinating, but it's just like... Yeah, it's just him filling time. Man, some, somebody had to learn that lesson on television. Yeah. Like, had it gone the other way, we would have seen a billion other one of these. But this is one of the highest rated syndicated things of all time. Mm. We talked about it on like... I think like you were on 302010 back when we did it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But it was in 86, and they discovered what they thought was a secret... Compartments underneath a building that was being sold or raised that could have been where Al Capone did. Even all in this business. clip, though, it's kind of cagey. Like allegedly, this is Al Capone's yeah. vault. It could be. It could belong to and him. Possibly, it is, a, it is a live syndicated one-hour special, and they open it, and there's nothing. Yeah, wasted everybody's time. Just and thinking nothing about like this that, ever happened again. But if it had been the other way around. Everybody would. This would be happening still to this day. I'm thinking about that. What other syndicated programs were live? None. That's None. amazing to think about the coordination that was involved yeah. for that. Well, amazing. They'd may, they'd get caught lying about it, I suppose. But it'd be so hard to prove it wasn't. Live, yeah. If you, you see know? that that clip, like, uh, if you see that clip of them like dejectedly walking around. Yeah, the nothingness as, as with millions watching, unbelievable. I think he just ends it abruptly. Yeah, he's yeah, just like Geraldo survived and it went on to become hot grandpa of Fox News. I, and I really go between like I fucking hate you. 
You're pretty cool. I've seen him extremely nude on Twitter. (laughs) Oh yeah, (laughs) really? Does he just post those? He's Um, one of those. He's one of those old guys who's just like my six packs better than yours, buddy. I bet it is. He's the original dirty grandpa. Mine's currently resting over my pants and hurting (laughs) me right now. Uh, Scott, yeah, I mean Scott Adams is becoming the new Geraldo (laughs) in that respect. (laughs) Uh, Oh, so then. Mm-hmm. Uh, comes in some more references to the Beatles. Well, I would prefer we kept your marriage a secret. You see, a lot of women are going to want to have sex with you, and uh, we want them to think they can. Well, if I explain it to Marge that way, I'm sure she'll understand. Really crying. It's too realistic. In a good Come on, way. Come honey. It'll only be till we finish our tour of Sweden. <laughs> Man, this that hurts to listen to. I, for, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot to. Man, I have to mention it somewhere because I forgot to do it on Laser Time. One of our recent Laser Times was a uh, "How Out of Touch Are You?" is the title of the episode, and mm-hmm. we're, we consider ourselves pop culture experts, but like this show, we're constantly being uh, corrected, yelled at, told we're stupid. <laughs> uh. So I wanted to see how out of touch are we with the most popular things in the universe. And what I did to prepare for that is I downloaded Snapchat. And my, my, I was what? on the couch with my girlfriend. And I'm like, what did I call myself? Ah, Laser Time's not available. Laser Time 69. That's what I am on Snapchat now. Huh. And, uh, and she's like, what? That was You're getting Snapchat? I'm like, yeah, we're doing an episode about how we're out of touch. And I was going to uh, use like a Snapchat promotion. I thought uh, it'd be funny and like yeah. promote our fucking Snapchat. I will use this one week if you want to mm-hmm. talk temporary. And I'll delete it forever. And she got this mad at me. Because like oh, she... It's we're too old. Device. We don't really know what Snapchat is. But we do know... It deletes things and is good for nudes. And I know like, you can and, click on a picture of a ghost uh, and talk to a celebrity. Is that how it works? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. And I didn't know then, but like her thought, she just wouldn't believe me that it wasn't for nefarious needs. And like, <laughs> why would I consult you on the name sitting next to you? I'm this stupid. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Uh, good so, half hour. This Marge mad at me. I'm not crying. Though. So Homer, mm-hmm. faking, uh, hiding his marriage, mm-hmm. is also what John Lennon was told to do. He yeah. was he was singly oh, yeah. married to the mother of Jude of yeah. uh, the Hey Jude song. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then he would divorce her during the thing, but they even had there there was a clip I remember seeing of early interview with the Beatles mm-hmm. of them saying like oh well he's married but we're not supposed to say it and just mm-hmm. like he it was it was very clear clear for that reason women were going crazy girls were going crazy for them mm-hmm. they will go slightly less crazy for you if you're married and so that's what they that's it weird. was their reasoning for it another reason never to get married <laughs> women were uh, you see the videos of the women into in Beatles hysteria it doesn't make sense and I've, I most women were when I'm watching something with a woman like what is that instinct to scream until your voice is gone when you see somebody you like I <coughs> I really love Bruce Campbell but I'm not going to just yell at the top of my lungs when I see him in public I think being a teenager helps with that <laughs> it does you have more I've heard great explanations it. that like yes. there's an expression you need to give and like what are you supposed to do as a woman like go up there and fuck somebody <laughs> like, you, like well, we, we saw a version of that in our use with mm-hmm. Total Request Live the, yeah. the, the, the format of Total Request Live was I really love this Blink-182 video so great ah! you have to end with ah on TRL that was how it went that's right yeah I love that. Signing off. Yeah, that feels like a million years ago now. There's a beautiful sequence in the Beatles rock band opening with just a woman screaming until she tears, like tears run down her face. Yeah. I love it. Love that opening. So then they have their one hit wonder with Baby on board. Mm -hmm. It's a big hit. And uh, so there's a clip of Paul Harvey. Uh, Let's talk about Paul Harvey. It's my boy Homer singing. Paul Harvey's on. And that little boy whom nobody liked. Grew up to be Roy Cohn. 
Smack me with a handle. And now you know the rest of the story. Uh, Roy Cohn, notorious shithead mentor to Donald Trump. Um, <laughs> Lead star of uh, Angels in America. Angels in America. Uh, yeah. Al Pacino's closeted gay, awful lawyer character. Uh, uh, Ronald Reagan's lawyer, yeah. like dying of and a horrible... Horrible man, which mm-hmm. makes that very funny. He'd, He's awful. He'd only be outed in death from AIDS. Yeah. Like so, Paul Harvey. Oh, I, I have. He was uh, a radio broadcaster for like seven dude, years. Yeah, but died um, in two thousand nine. Yeah, and that's the only reason his show got canceled. Exactly. He died. <laughs> and um, the rest of the story, I think, it was originally part of a World War Two broadcast in like a kind of a magazine style radio broadcast eventually became its own show in the mm-hmm. 70s yeah and I mean, uh i would listen to him because dude. i absorbed so many jokes about paul harvey throughout the 90s there's a great freakazoid episode where he basically takes over the episode to narrate it but he was very famous for being old and kind of doddering on the air mm-hmm. and saying like when he goes to the next page like page two and then he goes on <laughs> and then he will like lapse into uh commercials without you realizing and this this letter comes from somebody it says dear paul i've been using this mattress for 15 years and i say i never slept better in my life that's right use certified mattresses and you'll never you'll never go without sleep again thank I've you very much paul always wanted to find something solid in my life but <laughs> it wasn't necessary with cracker barrels peach cobbler cobbler is <laughs> Come, and he, but it is such like a it's your grandpa on the radio telling yeah. you stuff and old people like Abe and Jasper would love listening so to you, him you don't have normal. any personal experience with Paul Harvey not really no I I did read on Wikipedia just now mm-hmm. that he was apparently popularized the term Reaganomics and guesstimate so the, but this I want to get this clip of him this is this is him saying it's a good sheer the rest of the story well let's let's hear the real deal though the design of the American flag. And now you know the rest of the story. That recording, it, <laughs> is he, he sounds so old there. You missed the end where he always goes, good day. No, it's uh, not on there, but they missed it. But that, the, that was the, one of his uh, trademarks, good day. And I mean, that was the that was the trick of it, mm-hmm. especially for a radio broadcaster who's trying to keep people tuned yeah. in and listening the whole they time. They don't tell you you're talking you about. You tell a story the whole time, and then you're going to get such a twist at the end, like, and I was telling the story of Abraham Lincoln. So, so yeah. or, we make that well, reference yeah. constantly, and that yeah. little boy that nobody liked. Uh, but, but <laughs> Turned like, out to be. they like So, so many 90s sitcoms had Paul Harvey references mm-hmm. in them. The Simpsons would have several going on. He wrote The Erotic American or Mr. <laughs> and Mrs. Erotic American. <laughs> Double. Right. your pleasure with a but bath together yeah the rest of the story is a catchphrase from the 40s that uh, existed to 09 yes. i don't know of any other like media based institutions that existed that long and i i do have fond memories of paul harvey I, obviously i wasn't a kid like tuned to the radio mm. unless you were like spanking a girl with like spaghetti <laughs> or like but like uh put the radio next to your boobs what i <laughs> what i do remember is is living in florida and going to our grandparents houses and uh, both north and south, and you just end up. I remember just driving through towns like Waycross and Jessup, Georgia, <laughs> and of course, no. The radio stations are radio signals are fading, and no one can agree on a station. Me, my sister, my mom, and my dad, except except when you hear Paul Harvey, because everybody knew what you could expect and instantly recognized his voice. So as mm. we once every month or two when we went to the grandparents' house, it was like a quest to find Paul Harvey on the radio because they weren't like. 30 minute broadcast they used they were like in betweener kind of they things? were like they were sort minutes. of like filler content yeah and they yeah. were but they that they broadcast for over 50 years and we would 
I've never found one on purpose, but I've listened to it what I feel like is a hundred times. Yeah, I would. The closest thing to that I had, if I was like on a road trip or or in a new state, I would find the Diane Reem show. It's just like ah, there's <laughs> it's Diane, the Diane Reem. Reem show. Diane Reem show. My just favorite, retired. my favorite trivia bit about Diane Reem that you're going to hate me for. She's mm. the hottest NPR correspondent that there is. That exists. Really? Yeah, she's. A, she's, she's a, seen her. She's a, she is a silver babe. She's great. <laughs> I must reiterate, please watch the Candlejack episode of Freakazoid with Paul Harvey. Mm. It has my favorite quote, smack me with a handle. When I, when I, just when I think of driving through like fucking places of like farming pig fat and desperately looking for a Hardee's so we can eat, I, I think of Paul Harvey. And that man's name was Bob Evans. I swear. <laughs> so, Those are closed now too, you're old. Also during the, um, the B-sharp song... Mm-hmm segment we see sea captain fighting an octopus yeah. which is actually an interesting i only got it this time it's another sequel joke uh, in the jeff martin trilogy mm. that's right because he's showing them the houseboat and then i in lisa's first word and then he's attacked by a giant octopus weird and so now it's him fighting him again in chronological time a year later i only yeah. know the quote from the writer specifically that he's a sea captain we need him to be and he's pathetic when he's not yes. we don't need him to be but in the past, he does seem to be in the past a legit sea captain, and only in the present then he is a restaurateur. A yeah, or huh. well, other times he does have a boat where he's like needing to get pornography. So I he, did not. Yeah, McAllister's history is very loose. I apologize for all the listeners and to you, both of you because we're two of us are under the weather, but we're not even. Oh, the, and the one the the one moment of non Beatles referencing in here yeah. comes in this sequence too where Homer buys Abe a pink Cadillac mm-hmm. which that's what Elvis did for people yeah. when Elvis got rich he bought people Cadillacs the Beatles didn't buy people Cadillacs <laughs> don't see how that would be possible in Liverpool <laughs> in the 50s here's a more direct Beatles reference I love it I have a question for Apu de Beaumarchais isn't it true that you're really an Indian by the many arms of Vishnu I swear it is a lie <laughs> uh, Barney how did you join the group they found me on the men's room floor <laughs> <laughs> Principal Skinner, Mm -hmm. you've been referred to as the funny one. Is that reputation justified? Yes. Yes, it is. Yes. I, I, For I, the record, Ringo it was the funny one. Yeah. Yeah. But they, they were all funny, by the way. And shot for shot, their arrival at the airport yeah. was the Beatles' arrival in America. Is that the, the, are you a mod or are you a rocker? It's like, I'm a mocha. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, that's right. And I uh, I don't need to talk about that. I just, I, I forget that the Beatles, like, they're dressed like people of the 50s, but their music is pretty punk and out there. Considering what they what they were up against. Oh yeah, they they Side were two. revolutionary music with like their harder what, guitars. I'm not gonna compliment the, the Beatles <laughs> articulately, but just watching that documentary led me to believe like, oh yeah, they were dressed like the last generation of musicians, yeah. but doing a different kind well, of music. Well, I, I I I play Beatles rock band, sir, and I can tell you that their first albums in America seemed to be just like uh, rock and roll written by black people that yeah. they would cover yes. to yep. sort of kind of get them into America. And most of them mm-hmm. is like total screamo, like top of their lungs. Just mm-hmm. belting shit out. When it, yeah. In a land of like people holding their bass guitar up to their neck and moving <laughs> back and forth. <laughs> and at best you get like beach rock. They yeah. all sounded the same, mostly because they were written by Brian Wilson. But yeah, even the even the backgrounds are from that first like yeah. Beatles landing in America. I, I just never got that as a kid and not yeah. even as a teenager. So then they get a nice little shot of Reagan and ah, the Statue of Liberty. Mommy. Damned ceremonies. This is time I could be working, mommy. We'd like to dedicate this next number to a very special woman. She's a hundred years old, and she weighs over 200 tons. 
This enormous woman will devour us all! Ah! <laughs> I, I meant the statue. They never say Statue of Liberty. <laughs> I think a, they, that's uh, a reversal of things for Homer. Homer in mm, other times has yes. been like, oh, I'm so scared, this the, thing. Dinosaur. That Hi. guy, I think, would later grow up to be the guy who jumped out the window well, when the PTA disbanded. The PTA disbanded. <laughs> the PTA is disbanded! Uh, I never understood what Reagan was saying until me, liberal piss yeah. bags like me pointed out that uh, Mike Pence... Who is clearly not gay, Certain, despite uh, being obsessed with sexuality. And if you Google a picture of a gay old man, it'll look like Mike Pence. <laughs> yep, a um, lot more leather though. Calls his his wife mother. Yes, mother yeah. yeah. is maybe a tribute to Ronald Reagan. I mean, Reagan did call her mommy, like Nancy, mm. mommy, like. Yeah. It, it, well, it's also that his his brain was getting a bunch of holes in it at that point. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, he was. Fortunately, we have nothing to worry about with old presidents no, losing no, no, their no, no, no. minds. No, I remember like an NPR interview with uh, one of his closest assistants or whatever, and it was uh, he was saying, well, you know, by 1983, he didn't really know where he was. And I think Terry Gross was like, oh, you mean like he didn't know where he was as a president, as a as a leader? No, no, he didn't know where he was. He had Alzheimer's, and he didn't yeah. know where he was most of the time. It's, it's a controversy we don't talk about. Yeah, it's no. like he was out of his mind for most of his presidency. Yeah, and I, I never knew why that. Like, whenever you see SNL clip packages, there's like this that period of like eighty one to eighty five mm. where they don't show much. And Harry Shearer did play Reagan briefly. He did. Yeah. And, and there's there's one clip, one clip in every SNL clip package of Phil Hartman playing Reagan, and my dad cracks the fuck up at it because <laughs> it's about like. Oh, you're a Girl Scout, huh? <laughs> that does sound exciting. And, All right, fair. Back to work. And like, oh, yeah, being so like this, that was so great. I and, love that one. And I, I remember my dad cracking that. up. Wow. Beca- and I, I don't remember Reagan. And like, just because, like, no, that was a doddering fuck. Like, no one could yeah. ever imagine him working. That's, and, that was so great. <laughs> yeah. So the real Freedom Weekend concert oh, that actually did happen was July fourth, nineteen eighty six. So it would fit this time. Why did you say the bicentennial? It was the bicentennial of the Statue. It of was Liberty. the centennial. Oh, oh the centennial, only one hundred years. Yeah, the centennial of Got it. the Statue of Liberty, and that was July fourth, nineteen eighty six. There were multiple concerts over Freedom Weekend, but the one that Homer and them would have performed at uh, would have been on Friday, and Whoa. that included. John Denver, Melissa Manchester, Clamadale with Simon Etz, Est, timeless, of course, timeless. Joel Gray, Whitney Houston, Johnny Cash, James Whitmore, and Barry Manilow. I was oh. going to do Barry White, but I was wrong. <laughs> I think we even talked about Freedom Weekend on uh, 30 2010 as yeah. well. Go to the July 4th. And I know what I said because I'm going to say it again and waste everybody's time. Mm-hmm. But I, growing up, when I first I saw pictures of the Statue of Liberty in books, but in the newspaper, it was covered in scaffolding. That's right, around for, this time. Like right when I was born, like for what felt like That's for fucking right. years yeah, and yeah. to fix it up for this event. That and, was before the Ghostbusters steered it with an NES Advantage controller. But right? it was concurrent with the Fred Ward movie Remake. Williams, The Adventures Begins, a very uh, presumptuous cool. title. That movie is fucking so watchable. <laughs> Magic dogs, uh, men dressed like Asians, Joel and a Gray giant, playing a Korean, a yeah. giant fight sequence on the scaffolding of fixing up the Statue yeah, of Liberty. For yeah. I love that movie. <laughs> and uh, then, right after he was just on the show, they're making fun of Johnny Carson. Though I guess yep. it's not that mean to him; it's mean to Wiggum, and me, or mean to Joan Rivers. Ah, oh, can we talk about Chief Wiggum? Ah. So I just realized I, I I do that as my Joan Rivers impression all the time. <laughs> it wasn't it's even just, that great. It's not. Yeah, it's it's Dan Castellaneta kind of Simpsons doing it. reference. Well, was, was she like having her own show at this point, or because in she the was flashback, like a, It's hard to say because in '86 she did not have her own show. Yeah, and, or '85. 
85 is when no this is 86 because, uh, yeah mm-hmm. i know from the immortal weird al song where's johnny mm-hmm. uh it is a joke about how johnny carson never hosts his own show and jo- joan rivers was one of the many guest hosts yes. that would come in yeah mm-hmm. but they wouldn't be back to back like she would have been she got the fox show but later in the 80s it not, was the not... first and only fox show in 86 if i'm not mistaken oh, okay. like then it was I, the first right. original fox show i'm trying i'm going off of a lot of i just wrote an article about super bowl commercials and the david letterman leno Team up commercial, yeah, which is Oprah. astounding. Yeah. The first time they talk in 18 years is Jay Leno atoning for being a, his, the television's greatest villain. Wow, <laughs> pretty well, bad. Guy. This episode is not as pinned down to one year. I yeah. mean, it's sort of like within a three-year span of references, but it's not as tied down to 84 mm-hmm. as that last one was. So, okay, think about this. Uh, Wiggum is shooting his gun yeah. in the house. Yeah, which is a great joke that he thinks that's the remote. Fancy, and, uh, but if Lisa is a baby, Ralph is a baby now too. So. <laughs> He's doing that with a baby in the house. Possibly like, on the other so, side of the wall. Yeah. Yes! <laughs> so, Which would explain a lot about Ralph. That tells you a lot about Ralph, yeah. And then uh, we get another, a return of David Crosby real quickly for the for we the do. more obvious joke so. that you do with him. And the Grammy for Outstanding Soul, Spoken Word, or Barbershop Album of the Year goes to... The B-Sharps! <laughs> Congratulations. David Crosby, you're my hero. Oh, you like my music? You're a musician? <laughs> that is that is the stock Barney joke, though. Yeah. It's like, Barney, here's the, here's the situation. This is what's happening? Like, that's yes. really the stock Barney joke. Gene and Reese love those Barney jokes. Yeah. If I may pull a Henry. Like, what's do, whacking day? Yeah. We yeah. do 30, 2010. Sixth place in the summer. The Emmys typically take place beginning of the fall. Well, no, it's the Grammys. Oh, gra- my, Grammys. Uh, when did the Emmys take place? I think they're at the start of the year, actually. Um, yeah, they're, I think they might be the They're them. definitely not in the summer. There's not many awards in the summer. This is a lot of shots at the Grammys, which I double-checked. The Simpsons have never won one or, as far as I can tell, been nominated. Sings the Blues never so, won a Grammy? As far as I can tell, I, I went. I did so much research by going to... Did they to give a Grammy the for Wiki- first album Chris bought? <laughs> I, I went to the Wikipedia page, Awards the Simpsons has won, and... And it was not on there. So, but much like a lot of award shows, but way more so with the Grammys, mm-hmm. you will look back on it and laugh at everything that won. Nothing it doesn't make any sense. It and, makes no sense yeah. ever. Every new artist is like that's a new artist, but really? I don't envy people having to try and decide what's gonna what's gonna stand the test of time. Well, and that's a great joke too about how they just combine unpopular things mm-hmm. into one, when you hear like the spoken word yes. and and comedy and whatever. It's, it's how Jethro do. Tull beat Metallica yes, out yeah. for a Grammy. I it, yep, <laughs> it was. So uh, I also love the little shots to the other people who are part of it. And uh, <laughs> there's one other barbershop yes. quartet, and then so they win it. So Homer's won an award mm-hmm. on television, mm-hmm. like he'd. Homer has an IMDb page just for this. He does. Like, wow. it's so... And then they get their big, beetly... So, who's bigger, a bigger hit? Him or Ringo? Is this... Uh, I'd say Ringo at the time. Yeah. Like, what other American shows did he appear on? What animated That's shows true. did he appear He didn't appear in his own animated movie. Well, and Ringo works hard to be more of a star than yeah. George. George Harrison mm-hmm. wanted to be a musician. I think and he made and that, albums. And great albums. Yeah, yeah. I think... I think if we're if we have to talk Beatles shit, George Harrison has the best solo work. And it's very anybody but John Lennon. It's very unfortunate for George that he just got to be like overshadowed by mm-hmm. the two most prolific songwriters of their generation. He joined too late, didn't speak up. 
Yeah, yeah and in the commentary, they talk about how he was very sad mm-hmm. and how all the writers like wanted to be in the room. He's like, you just want to be in here with me, don't you? Like mm-hmm. he just knew he just he was just tired of being famous. Mm-hmm. You know, he's at tired this point. of being George. There, you can see that in his eyes, man. Like, yeah. George Harrison, Martin Scorsese documentary about him. What's that called? Uh, oh yeah, Fuck. but, but George Harrison is so amazing. Like mm-hmm. he did a million things great after the Beatles. Like yeah. on top of his solo albums, the reason the life of Brian exists yeah. is because George Harrison, George Harrison financed it because he just wanted to see a, Ma- a Monty Python film. And then it was successful enough that he ended up just having a production company. He's like <laughs> handmade. Fi- no, not handmade films. He mm-hmm. is that. But so he was involved in that. Mm-hmm. He had uh, he did so many concert great songs. For All the concert for Bangladesh is oh, well. amazing. Previous I, reference. Mm-hmm. That was my favorite. Uh, there was oh yeah, Apu has the concert against Bangladesh <laughs> album in a later episode. All right. I would put on a concert for Bangladesh a million times mm-hmm. at my job because they had a rule of, like you can't put on TV shows. We're a movie store. Like what an asshole yeah, boss I had. But so so then I was like, fine, we'll put on concert albums and put on that one. And it's so great. It starts with like 15 minutes of sitar playing by Ravi Shankar, yeah. which Groovy, is was basically George Harrison punishing you. Like you <laughs> wanted to hear all this rock music, but this, but we're going to celebrate that people were doing this. Eat form. your musical vegetables first, <laughs> and then once that was over, then he's like, "All right, now it's time for the rock." And he played one of my my favorite George Harrison solo song. It's called "Wawa," or mm-hmm. and it's him talking shit about the other Beatles. It's like it's him saying, "I don't need your Wawa. You've been crying." Like he's Damn. getting he's getting mad at them for complaining. Damn. It's about the Let It Be recording, which you'll see later in this episode, mm-hmm. and it's him complaining about them. And it's it's the song he opens concert for bangladesh with and ringo is one of like three drummers playing at the same time mm-hmm. and so you get to see him next to other drummers You're like you are a good drummer ringo mm-hmm. you're not bad uh-huh. it was paul's fault who get he gave the press quote like uh, is ringo the best drummer in the world Ringo's not even the best drummer in the Beatles. That's that's an apocryphal quote. <laughs> is it? Is My not, damn it! No, it's it's a funny one, but mm. I've heard people say like they never really said that. Nah. It's it, how where what? But they're always true. together. It is true. He Paul did drumming on mm. albums that, and Ringo that Ringo didn't do. Like he was just like I. But I I don't know when Graining decided. I read that like Graining wanted to. His goal was to have all the surviving Beatles mm-hmm. on the show, and he, it took him a long time because there's like years in between. Each, I think each without appearance. vegetarianism, they wouldn't have gotten no, Paul they McCartney. Had, they yeah. had to literally change Lisa forever yes. to get Paul McCartney on the show. Uh, but well, I guess we got to hear the death jingle before this. Oh clip, God damn it! Death stalks you at every turn. Ah, there it is, death. Oh, what year was it? Two thousand five. I'll look it up. Real quick. Okay. But here's who we're talking about. Then came the greatest thrill of my life. Hello, Homer. I'm George Harrison. (gasps) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Where did you get that brownie? Over there. There's a big pile of them. (laughs) It's a lot of brownies. Oh, man. Wow, what a nice fella. (laughs) I hung it on the wall. It was actually only 2001. Yeah. Oh, wow. November 29, 2001. Oh, that was after his stabbing. Yeah, someone broke up his house and stabbed him. Really? really? Yeah. yeah, there's yeah. actually a very tasteless uh, family guy joke about this. Did there's he die like, because of a stabbing? No, no, no he okay. survived that, and then it was cancer. Christ. But, uh, yeah, God, the, I didn't realize that. The, that happened in the 90s, and like Peter Griffin said, this is the easiest job since I was a security guard at George Harrison's place. And, <laughs> oh. and uh, then cut to a guy with a knife breaking into George Harrison's place. But if you, uh, if you don't think you know a George Harrison song, say the words, I got my mind set on you 4,000 times. Yeah, There's this big hit around this Another period. great Weird Al parody. The <laughs> song is just six words long. <laughs> 
Wow, um, man, you know all the album parody. I know. <laughs> so I wanted You're the to point, real geek here. I wanted to point something out. We don't have clips of it, but mm-hmm. so Homer is gone. There's a sort of through line that Homer misses his family. The family yeah. misses Homer. Marge That's creates so a good. fake Homer with like a recording from him. I it explodes, that. and we see a scene right after that of Santa's little helper burying the Homer guy. Guess what, guys? Yeah, Santa's little yep. helper would not be adopted for six more years. Whoa, Bart is ten when they adopt him. Yeah, so yep, not right. six more years. Another That's, flub. No wonder Jeff Martin didn't that work is a for the great, show again. That is a great visual scene. As it well, is, yeah. It. I will yeah. tell you what my retcon for that is. They dug up the head while looking at his old stuff, and then uh-huh. current, that was a cut to current day. It doesn't make. sense. I don't buy it. No, but it was just it was just continuity. Flow. The Homer dummy exploding is very much like Alphonse disintegrating in it's the last episode. Very similar. Crusty joke, gets canceled. Yes. Yeah, uh, and so, so the Dead Sea's go off landing on fucking Bart's head. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. they're just going ah. <laughs> Dexie's Midnight Runners was a words that meant nothing to me as a child watching this. They, well, growing up immediately after the '80s, they were one of the first punchlines that I saw. Yeah. Like when you wanted to find one hit wonder, they had strong opinions about Eileen. <laughs> Lisa, did you see the Grammys? You beat Dexie's Midnight Runners. Well, you haven't heard the last of them. I miss you, Daddy. <laughs> Aw, I mean, I'm gonna say, come on, Eileen is a great song. It's um, an amazing yeah. song. It's one of yeah. the best '80s songs. It's, it's one of the best one-hit wonder songs. It's a very fun karaoke song. Yeah, too. yeah. And so Dexie's Midnight Runners broke up in the '80s, mm-hmm. but would then reform in 2003 for money. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> for they money. made it. Hey, they needed that. And money, I do man. like just. I love this because it puts such a fucking time stamp on how long The Simpsons has been on and how oh my god, like, yeah, the weird transition in my age of like the classic Hollywood stars who were alive when I was little and I just watched popped off and didn't really respond to like and I this this clip can't believe you're not still popular. What'd you do? Screw up like the Beatles and say you were bigger than Jesus? All the time. It was the title of our second album. Great visual. But we were about to learn an iron law of show business. What goes up must come down. What about Bob Hope? He's been consistently popular for over 50 years. Dead. So is Sinatra. Dead. Well, anyway, we were all getting tired of... Dean Martin still packs him in. Dead. Ditto Tom Jones. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. That's all of those examples, except for Tom Jones, are so fucking dead. Yeah. So they would have died like within a, a couple. Of, Dean Martin was like dead. He was not in two years. Episode, I didn't. Yeah. But I didn't know I lived through the death of Dean Martin. Yeah. If you Google Dean Martin and try and find a clip of him without like a fucking tall drink of bourbon in his hand, he looks like he's someone smoking who died his face in, off. in 1980. Or yeah. Something. Or but, should have. So bigger than Jesus. Yeah. I do have a clip for this yeah. one, but um, the, yeah. the background of it, real quick, is that. In an interview, John Lennon said, in a written interview, so there's no clip of him saying it. This was in a magazine interview, though, where he said... We're more popular than Jesus. Je- that Jesus, was that was Je- a quote. Was it was Jesus Christ? More popular than Jesus Christ. And mm-hmm. so, as hard as it is to believe that people could be reactionary before Twitter and the internet, <laughs> when this got around, middle America, especially in 1960s, mm-hmm. really, really, got really didn't like it at all. So, mm-hmm. Well, I, uh, I also remember they're referring to the Beatles as the, the British invasion. It has the yeah. word invasion in it. So these, so especially conservative parents who already don't like their girls, telling them to shake it. Yeah, so these men with their long hair. So now they've got this British, never served in the war. God. This British person saying they're bigger than Jesus. I so. hate this because it's John Lennon eating fuck. Yeah, who like 
just ten years later would have told everybody in the world to go fuck themselves. So this is the this is news stories from the time explaining what happened. Well, I think I think the Beatles are a real talented group, but I think that they need to watch what they say because they're in such a position that a, a lot of teenagers really think of them as something really big, and and when they say things like that, some teenagers are going to just believe anything they say. No, but I'm not saying that we're better or greater or comparing us with Jesus Christ as a person or God as a thing or whatever it is. You know, I just said what I said and it was wrong or was taken wrong and now it's all this. See, they're all so bored and unhappy. Yeah. They're just. Yeah. I hung it on me cross. We've seen all this. of you can suck my dick. We've seen this a million times. Look at like, the you, you paused yeah. on Paul McCartney just yeah. like with his hand up against his face, like God. This, this shows you how much things don't change in fifty years. Like this is the same thing you've seen of celebrities a million times. Of like, yeah, I said it. I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't mean to. Sorry, I took it the wrong it's way. Such a, it's such an innocent joke. But they were like burning Beatles albums. Yeah. There was. Earlier in that clip, I didn't want to make this like a 10-minute long thing, but mm. there's Bible dudes in the beginning saying... Bible dudes. Bible dudes. <laughs> Bible, dudes. <laughs> Bible dudes in the beginning saying, if you b- disagree with this too, bring all your Beatles stuff here and burn it, which is what Reverend Lovejoy does about right. Krusty in Krusty Gets Busted. And, yeah. uh, my mom was a Beatles fan, casual Beatles fan. Uh, this is just a dumb anecdote. Her gr- My grandparents were involved in a senior citizen scavenger hunt, <laughs> and, and one of the things on there is like... Mo, if you can find a Beatles album in your house, it's like it's like 2001, and they they're like, oh, we found one. Like, oh, Marsha, we found your Beatles album. My dad looks at it like this is an original issue. Meet the Beatles. Whoa, an immaculate condition wow. that my mother bought. So it's like in a frame at my house now. I have an Aww. I have an original Paul McCartney action figure what? in my room uh, that my, my mom got in the 60s. Wow. I, don't, I don't know when, that's, like, what line sweet. it's from, but it's like a it's kind of like a super deformed nendroid Paul McCartney. <laughs> so. Them trying to record their faces. <laughs> them unhappy trying to record their new yeah, song it's so is it's it's let it be it yeah. is the let it be recordings where they all just hate each other. They all have different haircuts unhappy. by this point. Yeah, and this is when this is when Barney becomes John Lennon, mm. and this is not a very pro Yoko show. Mm. Gold surgeon general, see Everett Coop, Coop Guys. This is worse than your song about Mr. T. I pity the fool who doesn't like he. And where's Barney? Oh, he's with his new girlfriend, the Japanese conceptual artist. Barbershop is in danger of growing stale. I'm taking it to strange new places. Number eight. Uh. Number eight. Uh, We're too long for me to play that again, but you know, just know that I want to. All right. Grandmother's a major Christian. Hated Yoko Ono with a Mm. huge pack. The first thing I learned about Yoko Ono is that she wrote a book Uh. with poems about being on LSD while Uh. touching her vagina. Oh, my God. That's what my mother told me about Yoko fucking Ono. Your grandmother. My grandmother. Was the fact that she she was a Japanese lady have anything to do with it? I can't imagine it. I mean, all of it is scary. Everything Yoko Ono stands for is scary. foreigner to touch a pussy. I'll never say she's not racist. She did tell me to never date a black woman. (laughs) Uh, And and Yoko does weird art. mm -hmm. And then people blame her for ruining the Beatles. But that's just not fair because, like... They were they self-destructing, right? They didn't need her there to make them hate each other and yeah. not want to work yeah. together anymore. Uh, but she, she does. She's left plenty of evidence 
of doing horrendous things on tape around the Beatles. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> like, but, it, but real deep avant-garde 60s, 70s artist But shit. it also falls into this just like the girlfriend ruined things mm-hmm. like trope, which just sucks. Like it's just it's a shitty right. thing that it's just a shitty thing that happens in real lives mm-hmm. where guys think, well, one of my male friends got a girlfriend and now this ruins everything yeah. and it's that bitch's fault. And I that feel Yoko, like Yoko is, is, a, not a ver- is like a verb. Kind yeah, of, yeah, you know, it's Yoko. Like, it's like band. a uh, pejorative. Like yeah. she's the Yoko. She's the Yoko. Yeah. And whereas, like John Lennon could fuck anything living or dead. Yes. Pretty much, if, yeah. if he was that mm-hmm. satisfied hanging out with you and writing songs and touring with mm-hmm. you, why this woman? Yeah. Part of this is on you. Part of him it is, John, is on you. John Lennon changed and yeah. didn't want to be in the Beatles anymore, yes. even a little bit. I mean, it sucks that he was assassinated, but he was not nice to women. <laughs> Certainly not. In general. No, he wasn't. wasn't? I don't know anything about that. Yeah, uh, he was kind of a, yeah, a little yeah. bit of a wife beater. John Lennon? Yeah. yeah. I love John Lennon. I got to tell you, mm-hmm. most most famous people of that generation probably beat or assaulted one woman. Well, they were lives, learning so. how to handle quaaludes. <laughs> I, don't, I don't envy I'm them. not trying to get, I'm not giving excuses to it, but I do think, uh, but Yoko still loves him. Like she's, everybody's loving Yoko now. She she's showed great. up for I the love women's march. She's love there. I, I love seeing her too. I, I think. You only hear from Yoko when she's like donating something awesome to charity. Well, mm-hmm. this number eight song mm-hmm. confused me so much and mm-hmm. my mom had to explain that number this nine. was a reference to a, a a Beatles song that nobody liked. It mm-hmm. was famous as the one of like, oh, John has really lost it, mm-hmm. and I do not like this. But it's I have a clip of it. It's Revolution Number Nine. Let's listen to all ten minutes of it. I can't so. hear that without <laughs> hearing the Simpsons joke. Yeah, I at can't all. either. But here's I fast forwarded. Number nine, number nine, number nine, number 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 nine, number nine, number nine. Number nine. There's a Windows 95 screensaver. No, happening. I don't know. Inside baseball, Henry, I don't know where you got this clip, but uh, it is sunk to a Japanese exclusive game called LSD. Oh, that uh, game. Yeah. yeah. Which we streamed on our YouTube channel. Well, which, search revolution number nine for the uh, user Sergetti Sergretti on or YouTube and you can YouTube. see YouTube.com yeah. slash laser time LSD. Yeah, I'm, and it's like it's like more of an audio collage, less of a yeah. rock song. It's not yeah. even a rock song. No, it's, or it's like a, a sound collage. But they are experimenting. And yeah. it's nine and they, minutes long. And these guys and, could write hits in their sleep and lastly and they're doing a lot of drugs yep. <laughs> if, if yoko was did take offense at this i think she stopped because last year oh, last yeah, year right. <laughs> at one of her art shows what? she had among her pieces of art a single plum floating no in perfume no! in a man's hat oh yeah. my was, god okay so her thing right yeah. after this is the band breaking up and going back to their lives in a mm. montage so bear with this clip gentlemen us magazine just came out with its alpha on the cover what's not issue are we hot we, we are not. not we all went our separate ways well William I'm back so how did you spend your summer I made millions in software and lost it at the track. Ugh. It may not be glamorous, but it's good, honest work. How much is this quart of milk? Twelve dollars. <laughs> hey, Barney, what'll it be? I'd like a beer, Mo. I'd like a single plum floating in perfume served in a man's hat. Here you go. Love how quick Mo does that. <laughs> he has that. I love the needless animated pan out from Apu. Like, there's just a brief second that oh, yeah, has more yeah. linear perspective than any other animated sequence in the whole episode. Yeah. And I guess and, none of them made money. I'll just assume that Nigel took it all, perhaps. And here, here's my joke. Not calling out The Simpsons. Mm. But has everybody here worked onto, on or adjacent to a magazine? 
Yeah. Uh, no. This <laughs> took six weeks. There is print lead time. Weekly couldn't have done print that. lead time. I'm is aware like of the lead months, time. Yeah. Months. Well, I don't know. Us Weekly is a little faster than a monthly. True. They're, if they're already saying Alf is great when he only just premiered, <laughs> he only just premiered in September. Yeah, it's so ha- lucky for us that we know '86 so well since we just lived it through '302010. Yeah. You've got to listen to it, guys. Listen. Yeah. So yeah, I think that was I think that was Yoko making up with The Simpsons. Though when I told Bob about it months ago, and I read about it. Bob was like, irony is dead. <laughs> just more proof of there is no irony well, anymore. Now it's really dead because of certain events. Uh, yes. That, that you, we have not referenced yet in this episode. Mm-hmm. Nope. So then I they do. have the they have the reunion on top of Moe's Yeah, they did. And it is a, If I had to give a line of the show, and I don't know why, it's it's Bart and Lisa peering over Homer's stomach after he talks about what happens to his replacement. Hey, fellas, I'm back. Oh, that's great. Your replacement was getting tired. The chicken. That's right. I like Hey, Queenie, you can go now. I'll give her a good home. And I did. <laughs> I'll never horror. forget my five and a half weeks at the top. Man, that's some story. But there are still a few things I don't get. Like, how come we never heard about this until today? Yeah, and what happened to the money you made? Why haven't you hung up your gold record? Since when could you write a song? <laughs> there are perfectly good answers <laughs> to those questions. But they'll have to wait for another night. Now off to bed. Uh, screw you, viewers. <laughs> yes, nope. it's a good screw yes. you, viewers. Was this not fun? Was it not worth yes. it to have George Harrison yeah. and David Crosby come Say, on? Queenie is no Stuart. Get back to work, Stuart. <laughs> yeah. No, I like uh, I like the brick that replaced him. The brick tied yeah. to yeah. the lever. That's my but favorite album replacement. The the kids leaning in to look at his stomach as if they were going to reveal more information. Yeah, yeah like I, kind of leaning in in wonder. Like Ooh. I found it funny when it came out, and I found it funny today. Uh, so, but they uh, they do reunite. It's uh, based on their. Uh, final, I can't remember sorry, what's up, Bobby? Their final concert on top of Apple Records. On top yeah. of Apple Records, they finished recording "Let It Be" and they sing the songs on top of Apple Records, and yeah, <laughs> I promise the last time I'll reference Beatles Rock Band uh-huh. knowing a little bit about Beatles history it's a great level it's the greatest last yeah. level yeah. ever like when just John Lennon is screaming don't let me down on don't the top of on the top of Apple Records in a game you're about to complete that you had to unlock everything to get here and it's sad that so no good. one will ever play that game again yeah. because of rights. Legally, there's mm, no yeah. way to, no. Yeah, kind of wish I bought all that dills. But uh, like that, the B-Sharps also reunite on the rooftop of Bo's Cavern. I can't remember the last time we were all together. Last year on that stupid Dame Edna special. Ugh. And a one, and a two, and a three. Boom, 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 baby on a lot of the music in this episode but I just want to point out how awesome and pl- like the greatest original song for like almost any show yeah ever. and and Dave Medna uh, is or was a male drag is. performer and I, I watched these specials in the 90s too my girlfriend's parents just saw him her life well isn't she sort of like Them. The, the British Linda Richmond from Coffee Talk in a way I, I feel like <laughs> that's way. very much the same vibe I've got spilkis in my connected joints yeah um, yeah I they just saw her dad's British but so yeah they just saw the, her life so that she's still very much with us Damon interesting mm-hmm. okay uh, and, and this is another one of my like human Brett, fly here. Brett does Brett references this every time he's not getting enough attention. <laughs> uh, Hello, I love this whole sequence of them playing and the whole like all the Springfield stopping what it's doing to listen to B sharps. Hello, human fly here. Come on, I stayed up all night dying my underwear. Extra, extra, B sharp sing on rooftop. What? Give me one of those. 
Wait a minute. There's nothing in here about the B-sharps. Come back here! Again, print me time. It's been done. <laughs> Pretty, huh, Chief? It sure is, Lou. It sure is. Get the tear gas. Huh. It's a trip to paradise. It's a catchy oh. song. In the Human Fly thing, I tried to find the reference to this. Um, there was a brief late 70s, early 80s fad with Whoa. Human Flies. Uh, somebody climbed the World Trade Center in 1978. There's mm-hmm. a really disgustingly vomitous video of this happening on YouTube. I but thought, Didn't it happen somewhat recently? Someone scaled a building in New York? Uh, I mean, a guy did that at Trump Tower. Trump Tower, yeah. yeah. But I, I don't know where this reference is coming from, but I know that World Trade Center was a, a big thing. Mm. Just a guy with gear just climbed the whole damn thing. Uh, Not even the man to, on wire guy? According to uh, my that's search, a little bit later, I think. Yeah. According to my search, human fly entertainers like date back. It, it's like a carny act yeah. that dates back to the yeah. 1900s. So really, let but me get some of that equipment. I want to climb. I as a kid, I loved imagining like I could put on a yeah. costume and I could be Spider Man too. We we bought spy suction cups and they <laughs> oh boy, if you try and ask them to hold your weight, they will tell you no. They can't no hold way. up a felt most violent way possible. <laughs> Though it is pretty cool in Mission Impossible Four when he <laughs> when. His own human fly type thing. Yeah. Directed by Brad Bird. Yeah, that's true. That's Ghost right. Pro, the best Mission Impossible movie. Directed Absolutely. Simpsons alone. Henry, and I don't understand this stinger to the episode at all. I mean, it's just what Paul McCartney said. Paul McCartney ad libs that thing at the end of their live performance, too. He just says, I hope we pass the audition. I'd like to thank you on behalf of the group, and I hope we pass the audition. <laughs> 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 I don't get it. Okay, so that's just apparently Paul uh, that's what Paul McCartney said. Yeah, uh, during in between songs on their Apple Records performance, the Dan Castellaneta line "I don't get it" as Barney. I think he was just supposed to laugh, but yeah. the "I don't get it" wasn't ad lib that they kept in Man. as the final joke. And it's great to ju- I think that's a great commentary at the end to be like. I missed all the Beatles references. Like, I didn't get this Beatles reference. Uh, yeah. And that's just another one of those things you can carry on with the Simpsons with the, <laughs> with the retirement or death of any character except for Dan. Yes. Never. Do not oh, do it. Re- like, cu- go Don't away for five years that. at least. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully it won't happen soon. This has been Talking Simpsons, everybody. Thanks for listening to another another long episode. What are we at here, Chris? Can you boot up the old timeline yeah, for me there? Um, at least 90 minutes. Uh, we have still not beat Crusty Gets Canceled, although oh, we might man. by the end of these plugs. I've been Bob Servo, your host. Find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. My real name is Bob Mackey, by the way. You can find my writing at fandom.com or somethingawful.com. And my other podcast is Retronauts. Find that at retronauts.com. That is a classic gaming podcast. Every Monday, we discover a new topic and dig into it super, super deep. Previous ones we've done have been the Wii, which is now almost 11 years old, and Bart Oof. versus the Space Moons, which I did with Henry and Chris. It's basically a Talking Simpsons episode. So if you like mm. Talking Simpsons, start with the Bart versus the Space Moons episode of Retronauts. Somebody else, where can we find you? H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter. Follow me mm-hmm. there. I do tweet fun things sometimes. And uh, it's also where I tweet out about when the episode goes live, too. So if you want to mm-hmm. keep track of that, uh, you can do that as well. But it's always, I try to always have it be Late night Pacific time, Tuesday night slash into Wednesday morning. Yes, it's Anywho, there for you when you wake up on any coast. Uh, but fandom.com is where I write as well. You can see my work there. But of course, I want to tell you to go to patreon.com slash laser time, which supports this show and many others. It's where you're going to find the entire first season of Talking Simpsons. If you're a big fan of this show now, you're a new fan and didn't, and are like, hey, why does it start with the first episode of season two? That's because all of season one is exclusive On to Patreon. the Patreon. You got to go there. And that's also 
also where our season two and three wrap-ups and soon to be four. Mm-hmm. We're doing it after production season four is over. Oh, you jerk. So coming soon. <laughs> uh, but we're going to do it then. And yeah. I wanted to encourage you to listen to Laser Time. It's a it's a topic-based pop culture show. Obviously, mm. you can see we like talking about this stuff. You were on this episode, one of my favorites ever. We were joined by special guest Dan Amrick. Yeah. To do bad Beatles covers. Oh, I love that one. Like so great much. episode, exhausting the internet trying to find the worst Beatles covers in history. The terrible Looney Tunes ones. Oh man, just the an worst. Entire help! Looney Tunes album. <laughs> I need oh, somebody God. help. Uh, yeah, but yeah, yes. somebody Sam singing help. Obviously, we plugged thirty twenty ten a billion times. But I also wanted to say the show is executive produced by Francis Duffy and many other fine folks at patreon.com slash laser time. Uh, as low as five dollars a month can uh, help support us, help us keep going. And uh, you can get uh, a weekly exclusive show there. Oh, almost up 100 full-length movie commentaries, uh, video wrestling, cartoon, video commentaries, and uh, a wrestling podcast as well. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with the true end of Season 4 with Cape Fear. See you then. And a one, and a two, and a three. Boom, 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 boom. Baby on Thank you on behalf of the group, and I hope we pass the audition. (laughs) I don't get it.